Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Alright, welcome to the Cobbercast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan. I've got my co-host, Ricky Etdog VP Etridge. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Etdog. How's it going, mate? Mate, it's good that we're finally here. I think for the last 10 minutes, we've been like, okay, Women and Hawks, let's pump out this intro. And then we've crapped on about shoes. All right, Women and Hawks intro. Crapped on about umpiring decisions and interpretations. But it's finally now good to get this intro out of the way. We've taken a good 15 minutes to get here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... We got sidetracked very easily. We, got, we get sidetracked very easily. And there is footy getting played right at this moment. So it is easy to get sidetracked. Um, but let's get to it. Wimbledon Hawks were speaking to Miles and Miles and Pete. Uh, you done well this time, mate. You haven't copied <laughs> mid beer and ruined me. <laughs> um, mate, oh, so uh, before we get going, mate, I've just realized I forgot to mention the last two episodes. Mate, we've been on a podcast last week. Oh, yeah, Shit. not our own point. And I heard have not mentioned that, mate. Yeah, we've been. We've been interviewed ourselves uh, for a two-parter. Two-parter, yeah, because we wouldn't shut up. So he, <laughs> he uh, took a while to record it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, it was good to be on the other side of the questions for once. So yeah, go check, go out. check that out. A yank, a yank on the footy podcast on our Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Give him a follow and a like on. I think it's Facebook and Twitter and maybe Instagram, but that was quite good. I can't believe, mate, we got through to Friday. I have not even mentioned that once. That's pretty piss poor of us, isn't it? Well, we did mention it on our live episode Friday night. Well, that's so, a fair point, yeah. Know, um, I also like to um, just do some housekeeping here, mate, and apologise for my Wednesday's intro. Yeah. I got my red backs confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you um, and you could have been a better, you could be a bigger bloke and pull me up about it, but you decided to let it go and be like, that doesn't sound right. Uh, I'm going to just. Let yeah. him, let him, let him sink you. you. You'd done the research, so I'm like, oh, well, must be right. But I was a bit, yeah, I was a bit confused how Belfast just, got over to. Uh, yeah, I was just Germany excited about. I was, Ireland, I, was but... I was excited about getting into Ireland. You know, Belfast is Ireland. We said to UCC, but no, my apologies. It was Frankfurt Redbacks, not the Belfast Redbacks. But hopefully, the Belfast Redbacks do get a game against Ryland at some point for a friendly. Then I can be correct. Yeah. Or... Hopefully they just get a game at all and they'll be right. And mate. Anyway, mate, Wimbledon. They are getting some footy over there, which is the main thing. But is. Wimbledon, our mate uh, Jakey Norris from, uh, he's been all around the place, but he helped us out with this one, getting us to chat with these boys from Wimbledon. And they were due to play uh, a clash with the North London Lions, as I understand, for a, a 30-year uh, you know, celebration sort of game, um, which hopefully they still get to do at some stage this year before the year's out. It's not looking good, but fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed, hey, let's get a game. And these two, you know, these, this, uh, the women and Hawks and North London can both get a chance to celebrate uh, what is their 30th year in existence because there's an effort to get through 30 years. Yeah, and no, I think we did say that we would just support whichever team won that game. So, yeah, there's a lot on the line. In, there's a yeah, lot on the right. line. It's just, just called the Cobra Cast Cup, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, mate, let's get into it. We've got more footy to go watch. So, um, it's good, good laugh, this one, though. It's good laugh. And um, if anybody was after the footage of Miles and the boat race, which will come up, uh, just hit us up, mate. I've got it. Thanks to you know, the boys sending it across to me. So I'm more than happy to share it with everybody because it's a bloody 
could laugh and Instagram the video of it. Oh, maybe we'll have to chuck it at the end, mate. Oh, I'll but, send it across yeah. to you, mate. So I'll, I'll send it across to you. You can do your magic and edit it into the podcast, into the video version. Yeah, but in, yeah, enjoy this. They have a good time. And um, is it Miles is the boat race champion? I'm fairly sure it is, but um, yeah, it is. But before we get going, mate, next week, just going to give you a quick oh, yeah. uh, let. No, it's coming out next week. Next week, Monday night, Montreal Demons. Wednesday night is, I've gone blank. Hold on a second. Just let me out. <laughs> Shit. St. Petersburg or something? No, that was next week. Ah, Dolph Blues. Dolph, Dolph Blues. And then the, uh, the Hong Kong Dragons, mate, the team that have been you know, trying to get us across there for a pre-season friendly. Yeah, and, mate, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of boys that would want to get over there for a pre-season game when they find out that they're playing their games in the middle of the bloody race course and shit. So, um, yeah. But, all right, let's get into this one, Wimbledon, and look out for the next week. we got... Delph Blues, we got Hong Kong Dragons, but first of all, Monday night, the Montreal Demons. Yeah, all right. So enjoy this one, and we'll catch you later. All right, today we would like would like to welcome uh, two guests all the way from Wimbledon. Uh, they're from the Wimbledon Hawks. We have uh, the captain, Miles Hudson, and the boat race captain, Peter Thornton. How are you going? Good fellas, how are you going? Yeah, good guys. Now, nah, thanks for joining us. We're keen to learn a bit more about uh, the Wimbledon Hawks. Um, but first of all, I'd like to know, Miles, how, how did you come across Aussie Rules in the first place? Uh, it was completely by chance. So I was uh, I finished uni in Newcastle, I moved down to Manchester for work, and I was looking for a rugby club. So the, uh, the club I happened to join, Burnage Rugby Club, uh, down in South Manchester, just so, just so happened to host the, the Manchester Mosquitoes. Uh, so yeah, got got involved with a, a few of the a few of the rugby lads, and a few of them played uh, in off season, um, played Aussie rules. So I got got involved with those guys, just keeping fit. As uh, yeah, something to do in the off season. Then yeah, didn't really look back. Got got hooked on it as, as soon as I um, had a few training sessions and a few games, and, and yeah, didn't, didn't look back. Yeah, nice. Uh, so Peter, how did you come across um, Aussie rules in England? Yeah, so I moved over a couple of years ago um, and I'd been here for a month or two and I thought, oh, what's a good way to make some new mates over here? And where I was living at the time was probably, I don't know, 300 metres from where the Hawks trained. So I just went down one afternoon, went to the training, was good fun, went to the pub afterwards, good blokes, and then just kept going, started getting more involved. That's pretty much it. Yeah, nice. It's uh, been a pretty common answer for the Aussies over there and... Uh, Miles, it's good that you've uh, switched over to a better footy. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned about the mozzies before, Miles. Just give them a big shout out. Good blokes down at uh, Manchester. We've done an episode with them, I think, early days. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and give it a listen. Really good episode. Yeah, we'll do. Good. Yeah, shout out to the mozzies. Uh, yeah, Borough did drop me a line to get, <laughs> uh, get into the studio, fellas. And uh, yeah, shout out to Sweets, still running the club, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the no, good. Good group of guys. Uh, sounds like the clubs over there all uh, do well to stay, you know, help each other out and things. But when was uh, the Hawks first founded and, and why did they choose the Hawks originally? Uh, it was founded. <laughs> it's been quite a common quiz question in our... Uh, yeah, our it has. Quarantine people... um, it was back in 1990. Uh, so, yeah, when I was established as well. But... Uh, it was that was the first that was the inaugural uh, AFL London League, so we were one of the first clubs uh, to play. Um, so yeah, I, I I probably should have found out who actually founded the club, but um, but yeah, uh, yeah, based out based out of England. I think we were originally called the London Hawks, um, and then yeah, one of one of the first. Um, I'm not sure there's quite eight eight clubs back then. But yeah, certainly one of the founding clubs, and it was supposed to actually be our uh, our celebrating our thirtieth year as a club and as a as a league uh, this year. So the plan was to uh, re well reenact the first round of uh, of nineteen ninety. So we were gonna we were gonna be playing against uh, the uh, North London Lions as our first fixture, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. Oh, that'll be great. Well, hopefully, you still get get a chance to to recreate that and uh, have yeah. that 
uh, 30th year celebration. But, uh, oh, Rifty, just want to cut you off there, mate. So they mentioned about playing the North London Lions in the first game. I'm hoping they get round one, mate, and it's going to be whoever wins, Sandown's the official supporter of. <laughs> <laughs> I'll back ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we'll back ourselves as that. As I said to, um, to Chris from North London, I really hope that you guys can get a season in this year to really celebrate what would be your 30th season and a massive, uh, massive thing for your history. Yeah, cheers. We, yeah. We're, we're hoping, hoping to get something started. Um, I think the league's got a few scenarios, depending on when we can get back to training and get back to play. We might, we might just do a short season if it's fairly soon, but maybe just even a few like round robin games just, uh, over a couple of weekends just to get, just to get everyone back together. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, it's a lot up in the air at the moment. Hopefully, it does go ahead. But uh, how did how did the Hawks go in their first season, and and how many players did they have back then? I'm not too sure how many uh, how many players. I know we didn't win. I know we didn't win. We didn't win. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was it was yeah in the early days it was was, they were probably um, probably clambering for players. I imagine. As, uh, as, as, as a lot of the new clubs do. But, um, I, I, yeah. I heard a story about our early days when we were struggling for players. Apparently, like, there was a vote at one of our clubs' meetings. I think it was a bit after 1990, but still in the 90s, that they um, had a vote to decide whether to convert the club to a cricket club. And the vote was, like, eight votes to five in favour of staying as an AFL club. So, not many, not many people turned up for... I can imagine if you guys had that big... Big meeting decided. Do we want to change to a cricket club or a different sport? You'd have more than thirteen people turn up, but we only had thirteen people turn up, and luckily eight of them enjoyed AFL, so it stayed as an AFL club. Funny thing is, we probably would only have about ten <laughs> turn up because there's not enough blokes that actually care. And mate, there'd be ten blokes that like cricket more, and they'd bloody vote us out of as a footy club. Nah, but, but, but you know, Rifty, that it'd be ten people rock up. The vote would go one way. So say we did become a cricket club, then the blokes didn't rock up. We'd be sitting there bitching, complaining. Oh, why, why, why are we doing a cricket club? It's like, well, yeah. you have to rock up to these things, mate. But, um, <laughs> so, well, you, you started as a footy club, which is a good thing, but you've also got a women's team now. So when did they start and how did it come about? Uh, so they, they started, well, that was the inaugural women's, uh, women's league as well. So that was 2014. Um, and yeah, they, yeah, did well that year. We just uh, got off to a hell of a start in terms of the women's had, had a really strong team that that year and, and, and won the flag. So, so yeah, they they uh, yeah represented the club quite well. So that's, that we, we, the, the men's haven't, haven't won a flag I don't think since 1998. So it was uh, it was good to get a, a victory. Yeah. I think a couple of those girls playing the AFLW now. So like we haven't had too many men go from our. Um, so, uh, our men's side to play in the professional AFL. It's not a not common path, but it seems to be for the women. Oh, that's all right. Well, at least uh, them winning the inaugural flag and, you know, they're rubbing it in your faces that they're <laughs> doing better than the blokes. So you can go, well, come on. Some of you have gone on to play professional. That's... <laughs> Uh, not yeah. a bad thing, mate. I'll be more than happy for a woman's team to claim a flag if a few of them are going on to play the professional ranks. So that's a bloody good effort. But um, uh, actually, so how many players do you guys have for the women's team at the moment? Uh, well, it'd, be, it'd be 20 to 30. Because obviously the season kind of didn't really get started. We hadn't really finished our recruitment drive, but we were pretty like comfortable and confident of getting one whole team and plus all the extras you need. The thing is over here, like you've got almost a different team every week because especially during summer, there'll be people ducking to Spain for the weekend or traveling somewhere else. So you need like, you can't just have the bare minimum because otherwise every second week you'll be scratching around for numbers, which we inevitably do. It doesn't matter, Rifty, it doesn't matter how many times, how many clubs you speak to about how it's a player might duck off to Italy or Greece for the weekend. (laughs) It just never gets old and just never, mate, just doesn't, doesn't stop to amaze me. It's just incredible. We might have a bloke want to go to Ballarat for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, why would you go to Ballarat, you dickhead? Like, it's Ballarat. And they go, well, you can't argue. Oh, I'm just going to Spain for the weekend. Or, yeah, fair enough. It's, yeah. We, we, do also get, we do also get blokes go, oh, I was at the pub late last night, not going to make it an hour before kickoff. So. Yeah. 
that's probably the one thing we actually have in common then because we get that quite a bit or yeah. We spoke but, to um, do they, the, those blokes. Do they then turn up after the game for beers? Because that's what happens. I can nah. remember a few, a few guys. Have, oh no, I'm not going to make it. And then they'll be there at three o'clock having a beer after the game. And you're like, there, no one really been, seems to care. There's been one incident a couple of years ago where we'll, we'll, having a bad year our reserves I think we had 16 blokes for the game a bloke that was named didn't rock up everyone's like okay where is he calling him no good all of a sudden I think as the oh, about halfway through the fourth quarter he walks in with a 10 pack of beer and it's just not, not a care in the world but um we actually spoke to a past player uh, sweeper the other week and he was saying he pre-game routine when he used to play was just trying to get sober from the night before so it's definitely a worldwide thing. People getting the piss not before a game. Yeah, we've we've had to had to tell a bloke. I don't think he can take the field because he he rocked up. I, I reckon straight out of the nightclub or wherever he was, and you could smell it on him. And he was like, "No, nah, no, I'm right to go, mate. Mate, you, you're putting the boot on the wrong foot. I don't think you're right to play." So it's uh, <laughs> not always the best. But um, but how have you? How hard have you? found it to recruit players and, and keep the numbers up for the club? Yeah, it seems to vary year on year. Some, some years, it, it obviously runs with like the, the two-year visa system over here, really. So you, you might get uh, a bunch of... Uh, you, you might lose a bunch of players one year and you think, oh, we're doomed, you know, because you, you never know um, how many you're going to get next year. But we, we, always seem to, we always seem to manage. There always seems to be enough people um, coming into the country like mates and mates or just drop drop a line to friends coming um coming over from home and uh yeah we, we tend we tend to do all right so um we found recruitment it tends to be a lot for us anyway more word of mouth and um and um yeah we've got a, quite quite a few clubs kind of around us so we, we do compete for for a lot of the a lot of the australians in uh, in south london it can often be the case you get one bloke turn up to training who's new to town, he enjoys it, and next thing you know, he's bought six of his mates from his hometown, and that's that's a huge portion of your team. And if they're all from an AFL background, that's even even better. Yeah, but likewise, sometimes we'll get six blokes turn up who've never played before, and that's still really good too. Yeah, it seems seems to be uh, another common thing around the world is, yeah, once you get one of them and they start spreading the word, they start telling people, oh, I found this new game that I've I've never even seen before a lot of the times. Um, but once you get them in there, get them kicking the ball around, having fun, you usually don't lose too many, which is good. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty confident once someone turns up to a training, um, especially if they come to the pub afterwards, they'll be in for the long haul. You just got to yeah. get them to that first training. That's it. And the key is getting them to the pub afterwards, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually whoa, whoa, whoa. recently moved our uh, training field closer to where, where our pub is. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I was just about to ask, so where, whereabouts <laughs> do you actually train and, and play your games? Uh, we, we train on Wandsworth Common. Um, we used to train on Clapham Common. Um, but our, one of our main rivals, the Wandsworth Demons, also train on, on Clapham. So um, I guess we, we wanted to kind of Make sure we differentiate. And we, we we had a few, we had a few new recruits that would um that would we tell them where training is. They'd wander down. They'd see another team warming up, and they'd they'd, they'd get involved with with them. And we would see them again. On one occasion, one of our one of our uh, good players over the last couple of years, he'd actually start strapping up and and uh, started warming up. But we managed to give him a call and say, "Look, you're with the wrong wrong pack. <laughs> get your stuff and come over." So um. Yeah, we're, we're uh, ones with common now. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, big clap and jumping. That that was lucky with that player too. That he was strapped up with him. We gave him a call because I'm pretty sure he was our leading goal scorer for two years and was our coach. <laughs> so like he was a pretty handy player to have. You'd yeah. imagine that you're sitting there watching him train with someone else. Like you call him now. You call him. Oh no, nah, it's alright. We'll just let him go. And then you see how much of a gun he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, Shout out to uh, Ben Bevan anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's his, it's his birthday today. I think it's his birthday today too. Yeah. So happy birthday, Bevo, if you're listening. Yeah, nice. Um, so being around for 30 years, obviously you said that the first couple of years was quite lean on the success front. So you play in the AFL London. Um, how successful have you guys been in the competition? 
uh, through the night is pretty successful. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, recently, um, yes, I think you mentioned before. I don't think we've had a we've had a, a title win since '98, uh, I think. So um, yeah, we're, we're I guess we're, we're one of the kind of medium-sized clubs in terms of the London scene. Um, so I think three clubs that have got three they can put out three men's teams. So they always tend to have that like huge huge pack of blocks to to choose from each year. So we have um, we have a, a men's and a socials team. So there's three grades. You've got premiers, um, conference, and then uh, socials. So we put out a, a, a premiers and a socials team. So, um, yeah, nice. And like, obviously, we've heard a fair bit about uh, the European Champions League and. One thing I've learned is that the West London Wildcats are one of the teams that's just consistently there and winning it. They're obviously in your league. Is it sort of annoying to have a team that's so successful and so good you play against? Or is it sort of a good test for you to play against what is arguably the best team in Europe on so many occasions? I would say two years ago, it was annoying because they were significantly better than us and it wasn't a fun fun day out. But last year, we kind of strengthened our team and we were quite competitive and we played them in the final so um it was it was a good test to ha- have a team like that them and the other other stronger teams um and i suppose the challenge on us was to get up to it to their level which i felt like we did and we were competitive whereas the year before it was there were some tough days out yeah no we uh we know about that don't we riffy tough days out um Fortunately. yeah so obviously being in so many teams in the little the one area of london how hard do you guys find it to get sponsorship? Um, it's luckily we've got we've got a few people in the club that that just um, yeah, outperform on that on Gavin sponsors and uh, and uh, and that, that side. It's our, our secretary um, Sarah Howell I and mean, Rachel Kilmartin have, have uh, played a key part in. In, uh, in getting the sponsors over the last few years, and sometimes it's 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 just contacts of um of the club. Luckily, we've had someone that's um that has a that knows someone that has a business um or has contacts. So so that, yeah, they they kind of go out at the start of each year and and make all the contacts and and yeah. Luckily, we we haven't had the same sponsor. I don't think for for longer than two or three years. So. So it, it, it is quite tough because I guess AFL's not got the exposure and you, you, you can't really sell that whole, like, you know, we're, we're going to put you in um, our our match brochure or you're going to get exposure on... On, um, on the jersey. Yeah, on jersey. So it, it is, yeah, there's, there's not there's not a big sell. But, but yeah, at the same time, there's... Um, yeah, if, if, if someone, I don't know, if, if they like Aussie Rules or if... Um, it, it, it can, I guess, be quite a novel sponsor for, for some companies to say that they're involved with that. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes it comes down to a good sales pitch from someone within the club to someone they know at a business <laughs> that really that. would have... That, that, that has nothing to gain by sponsoring us. Like, um, I, I, sometimes I look at them like, what like what, what do they gain from that? But I do. we do really appreciate sponsors. Um, shout out to the Hawkins Forge, the pub, who sponsors us, um, lets us keep all our kit there. They're essentially our clubhouse. Um, if they didn't, I don't, I don't know where we'd put our kit. Probably at Milo's house if we um, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have the forge. Yeah, we'll yeah. make sure we uh, tag them in this episode post. Um, but you mentioned about Aussie rules not being exactly well known across there. Now I'm a big fan of soccer, so I'm as I say, I'm not annoyed that the Premier League's back, but I actually am being an Arsenal fan because it means I've got to go through <laughs> another uh. month worth of shit. But being the fact that Aussie rules was potentially going to be one of the only sports to be played around the world live. Were you guys sort of hoping the Premier League might just be held off for a bit longer to give Aussie rules a bit more exposure in England? I, yeah. I, I feel like it wouldn't have still had a huge amount of exposure. Um, I feel like the average Englishman in the street, say Premier League wasn't on for another month, they still wouldn't know what Aussie rules were. But I feel like you could see with the NRL and the AFL starting, people got a lot more into it because there was no other sport on. And it, it could have definitely spread from there. Like I could have told an English mate I work with and who knows, he might have got to watch AFL pass and, and tuned in. I'd say the general consensus around the club is though that people are pretty glad the Premier League's back and they're pretty glad that they'll <laughs> start using their fantasy team again. So it annoys me the Premier League's back for two reasons. One, as I said, I go for Arsenal. So I've got to deal with 
the shit that we dealt with the other night. Yeah. The other thing is that one of my good mates is a Liverpool fan. He's one of them typical, my apologies if you guys are Liverpool fans, but he's one of them typical Liverpool fans. It's just, you can't stand him. And there was going to be nothing better than seeing Liverpool not awarded the trophy this year. So that's, that's hurt my soul, the fact that Premier League's back as well. But anyway, Rifty, mate, I'll, that's enough about soccer from me. I've gotten <laughs> going on. That's the first time for a while I spoke about it. It's the first time we've been over in England for a while, so we haven't haven't got to speak about the rep, stupid round ball game. But um, anyway, um, what about the social side? I what sort of functions and stuff? And I hear that uh, Peter, you're the lockdown quiz master. Yeah, I, I seem to have a few stupid titles. I'm surprised Milo <laughs> hasn't sh- hasn't shared the footage of my infamous boat race from last year. Um, oh, we'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll have to get that. To, to, <laughs> we'll put that in the episode. Um, yeah, we've got. We basically have a social event after every game, and it's such a unique culture over here because, like, I can imagine back home, you might have a social event after one of your games, but then someone will have a birthday party on. Someone might have to go to dinner with their parents, or there might be another function on. But a lot of the time, the people at our club, they've just moved to London. They know no one else. Their whole social circle is the Hawks. So then the whole team goes to the pub afterwards and goes to the social event, which, which makes for such a unique experience and such a good way to get to know everyone in the club. But we have a kind of few key social events throughout the year. Um, one that we have just missed recently is Epsom Derby. So we always have a buy when the Epsom races are on, which is like probably the, the, probably the biggest race meet behind Ascot. Um, and it's always... A great, a great, great day out. Um, Ladies' Day, which we host at our club, is a, is another really big one and a great fundraiser for the club. Which we're, I'm not sure if we'll be able to go ahead. It depends on what happens with the season, of the draw, whether we can still have a Ladies' Day, um, and go ahead with that. And obviously, we've got our pre-season and end-of-season footy trips, which are probably the key social events. Oh, and we also have a um, weekly function called Thursday Club. Um, it's probably to win the Thursday Club award at the end-of-season awards is probably the most prized possession. Um, every Thursday night after training, we go to our pub and then depending on what happens in the night, players get awarded a 3-2-1 for their performance at Thursday Club. Um, to get points for Thursday Club, you have to train. So there were blokes who wouldn't turn up to training, they'd turn up to the pub and then they could be best on ground at the pub on a Thursday night, but if you didn't train, you don't get the points. I personally think the points system is rigged and uh, very contentious. I actually got the wooden spoon last year, which I don't understand. <laughs> Despite the fact I polled and other people didn't poll, I don't understand how that system works. Um, but yeah, Thursday Club, missing that a lot at the moment. All right. <clears throat> couple of things on that one, Rifty. The Thursday Club, I like it. We might uh, get a few more bikes to stick around for a, for a feed and beers. Um, second, I, you mentioned about your... Um, trip to Epson and I was scrolling through Facebook before as you were chatting. I'm just like, I Rift will know why I'm going to say this. I'm not going, I hope this does not come up because it's not, you want to explain to him Rifty why I was hoping this wouldn't come up. Well, we've got, we've got a few boys and one in particular who's our runner that are quite fans of, uh, big fans of horse racing and, and love, love to get around the eight Ascot and the big races over there. So we've been worried that our, learning about all these events that footy clubs go to and get to do over there that we're going to lose some players and we can't afford to lose our runner because he's going to go over and be the runner for the Wimbledon Hawks because he gets to go to the races as well. So we're going to have to cut that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, you, you can tell him if, if he wants to come over and join, I can give him my special bets every week. <laughs> we've got, we've got a bit of a punters club going, um, I run up a subscription service for all my tips. Milo's subscribed and I think Milo's up 120 <laughs> units through lockdown. So he's welcome to join that. From a few conversations I've had with Dinger across lockdown, I think he definitely needs some help with his tips. Yeah, he definitely, definitely. I'm pretty needs. sure his two-year-old son's won more, more bets than he has this lockdown period. <laughs> but you, are, you mentioned the lock, uh, yeah, your quiz. So when, when is your quiz? So we were doing it every Thursday night as a replacement for Thursday Club, but you couldn't poll in the quiz, obviously. Thursday Club, you need to train. Um, but we, it's, it's, it's stopped now as the lockdown has eased because we can kind of go to the park, you can meet up with your mate, whereas when the lockdown was in full swing, like in theory, you couldn't go and see anyone. Um, so we did a reoccurring Thursday quiz. We rotated around who did it each week, so you kind of get a different theme. So, for example, when I did it, there was lots of questions about Queensland. When Milo did it, there was lots of random English and Newcastle trivia that no one seemed to know the answer to. Um, 
but at the peak of the lockdown, it was kind of like your big social event for the week and something to look, to look forward to. Yeah, and we ran a we 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 ran one a kind of a special one on on a Sunday, a couple of weeks back. So we got every all the kind of ex Hawks involved that had moved back to uh, to us. So that was like an eleven a.m. one. It was uh, yeah, good to see some old faces. So we might we might um, do do a few more of those. Actually, just uh, it was uh, it was it was it was a bit weird. Cause you, you had like I, I know I know a few old people from the club and some new people, but I think uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't know each other. And, yeah. Um, some questions about some like uh, some old club heritage that some of the boys were getting around, and, and some were just uh, yeah. I was going to say nice. I was going to say if you guys are ever do one of them, me and Rifty would jump on as a Cobra representative for the quiz. But if it's going to be about your history, um, let's maybe not. Let's wait to another time. I'll give you the answer sheet, <laughs> uh, And what about grand final day? Do you guys do anything special for the AFL grand final at all? Yeah, we yeah. always have a have a function at um, at our pub, the Forge. I've actually missed it the last two years because both years it's clashed with Oktoberfest, and I've been at Oktoberfest, so maybe I'll let. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and I've been there with other people from the club. It's a pretty it's a pretty tough one. Do you want to go to the pub in London or do you want to go to Oktoberfest? Um, and you, but the good thing is you can stream it at Oktoberfest on your phone. I'll let Milo answer a bit more about the function for the day, though, I've never Yeah, been. so I'll, I'll pub um, I'll pub the, the the Hawkins Forge. Yeah, the, la- the last. Um, how many years have opened specially opened early so i think i think the meet time there is something like half past four in the morning so um so yeah we we we, we tick it as an event so we get kind of um pe- people that aren't necessarily attached to the club and um, we get get them down you get a, a bacon sandwich and a and a beer if you can if you can stomach one at that time in the morning um but yeah, we, we get we get kind of a, a good attendance at the pub, and it yeah usually usually goes off. But, um, but yeah, it's it just it turns into a weird day because you get you get people rolling around at ten a.m. having had yeah seven or eight beers already. So yeah, I remember last year was one of the when I was in there. They all rolled into a bottomless brunch afterwards, so people had their first beer at six a.m. or whatever it was, and then went to had actually I think they actually went to the bottomless brunch an hour before it opened, waited at the front, and then started the bottomless brunch. So it was a big day. Sounds like my type of night, or my type of day. Sorry. So you mentioned about how, yeah. So you mentioned about how you had that's one of your days where you try and get a lot of people from outside the club in. So how do you promote that? Is there a way to promote that to people outside the club? Like, is it just purely based on your Facebook? Is there a website you can promote that through? Or uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, I guess yeah. More recently, it, it is more about just get, getting it around on social media, and it, it, you find that there's there's a lot of um, it'd be people in the club that that know people that. You know, they haven't been to training before. It is actually a good way for people to get their friends down. It's, it's there might be people that kind of half nausy will and think, yeah, I'll go down. That sounds like something different um, to do. But um, but yeah, we we we've got we sometimes like hand out flyers or we'll um, so like a, a few of us are involved with like the local um, horse kick team. So it'll be like parents from the horse kick team and that kind of thing. So, I'd say like every every social event like that ends up being a recruitment thing too because you'll be, you might, I don't know, we might have Eurovision night after one of our games and someone will bring their mate along and be like, oh, this is fun. Like, I'm going to come play next weekend. And they're like, what yeah. do you play? Aussie rules. What's that? I don't care. I'm going to be there. Like, <laughs> Slip them a flyer. <laughs> yeah. Do you get many expats that are sort of just traveling through London to the grand final day or is it sort of just the people that know people through the club? Uh, you do because we have, um, I think on the, on the like, AFL London site, so, so they, they they usually put out a post to say here's where all the um, AFL like grand final, here's all the pubs that are showing it, and it'll be like right that the Hawks are hosting it in uh, the Hawkins Forge in Clapham or North London are hosting it at their pub. So you can kind of if you if you're just travelling through, um, there's somewhere you can go and, and find where your closest grand final screening is. So yeah, we get we get a few people that, that just turn up on the game. And then, yeah, they're just traveling through. Yeah, nice. You just need it back to that last day, last weekend in September instead of October. So you're not not competing with Oktoberfest, then you get you might get some more blokes there. I'm a bit yeah. surprised AFL and Australia don't try and market against Oktoberfest. Surely, surely they need to consider that for the European audience when they're hosting Grand Final Day. Yeah, 
mate. I don't think they well, can they, they, much outside of Australia. No, 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 no. They cater to the American audience. And this is what we've learned is they try and cater to the American audience with everything they do. But they would make the grand final a night game. It would absolutely ruin the American teams, the American grand final parties. So it's actually been quite funny when we're doing this podcast is that we always hear the AFL you know, become Americanized and catering to the American audience. But then speaking to American clubs, they're saying that if it becomes a night grand final, their grand final, their biggest fundraisers for the years will be scrapped because it'll be just time zones would be shocking for them. Ah. Yeah, so uh, what about your guys' actual playing career? What, what positions do you play? Well, I like to think I'm in the forward line, but I've only been put there once. Did, did kick a couple of goals when I was there. Um, and I've, made, I've, I've let Stavros, our manager, know that multiple times I need to be back up there. Um, but Milo and I uh, seem to be stuck at the back. I actually didn't play AFL when I was Australia. I only started when I was over here. So I did, I did the stupid thing and rocked up and said, I don't know where I play. I'll play anywhere and got put at the back. Yeah, I started as full back. So when I started playing in Manchester, it's nine aside. Um, so I, yeah, I, I told them I, I was a. I played a lot of soccer growing up, so I was I was a defender. Um, I like to tackle um, generally rugby, so they're like, yeah, I, I have a go at fullback. So so kind of since then, as my kind of like kicking and, and handballing improved, I, I've moved to a kind of half back. So it's about as far up as, as you know, yeah, I can be found. In. I think Milo secretly fancies himself as a ruck, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, Peter, you mentioned about how you didn't actually play Aussie rules in Australia. It's incredible the amount of people that we've spoken to on the show that are from Australia that had never actually played Aussie rules until they were overseas. It's like, is it just because you're obviously from Queensland, there wasn't much opportunity for Aussie rules or it just wasn't something you thought about back then? Uh, yeah, it's mainly because I'm from Queensland. Like, grew up in a really strong rugby league town. We had we had an Aussie rules team at school, which I played in, but it was a bit of a joke of a competition. Um, it was really good fun. I actually played at uni games too, um, because UQ or ON2, they were um, they were just desperately short. Uh, I didn't know anything. A few of my mates were playing, so I went along just for the piss up. We got, I remember first morning uni games. There were 30 minute halves, and we were playing the University of Melbourne, and we got beat 110 to six. Like. Because like they, they, they were there to win it, whereas half of our team didn't even know what we were doing out, out there. <laughs> but yeah, like didn't really play it. Obviously, from Queensland, not a huge thing. Um, and I just heard it was a good way to meet people, strong expat community. So, And I always thought it was a fun game to play, so I joined in. Yeah, nice. And Miles, so you said that you come from the Mozzies, which was nine aside, and now you play is it 18 or 16 at Wimbledon, London? 18. So you've gone from nine aside to 18 aside. When you moved down here, how was that transition to the complete difference in the game. Oh yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was odd because yeah, you, you just find there's, there's so there's so much space, um, and I, I wouldn't say it, in terms of the the speed of the game, you, you do find yourself with, with a bit more time to kind of um, to think about what you're doing. So it's not nine aside, you you can be up the other end of the field in, in two kicks. Yeah, a bit of wind you can score from your own half, but um, but yeah. Fa- didn't find the transition too bad. I, I once in a while I come down um, from Manchester to kind of uh, play a couple of kind of like, guest appearances, so I had a bit, a bit of an inkling of, of what it was about. So um, yeah, um, but yeah, in, enjoying the see the full, full scale um, size, of, size of the game, and, and we do do play nine side still now and again. Now I'm um, looking up to play for the for the England side, which is which is a nine side team. So we don't have a, an 18 aside England side, but we do have an 18 aside uh, Great Britain side. Um, so yeah, still still play some nine aside. Yeah, nice. It's almost like you got the run sheet in front of you, mate. I was about to get onto that. Uh, <laughs> so we've gone through this whole time without actually mentioning that you have represented Great Britain at an international cup, and you're also the and I think you're vice captain of the Great Britain side. And according to uh, Jake, he's going to get stuck into the coach about that due to the fact that he thinks that's bullshit you should be the captain but you also are the captain <laughs> of the England Niners side what tournaments have you represented Great Britain at the International Cup and what was that experience like uh, so I've represented um, Great Britain once in the International Cup that was um, three years ago now um, yeah 2017 so that was, that was over in Melbourne and um, yeah it's 
incredible experience. So we were over there for three weeks as a full squad, like all staying in the same hotel. We had games every every two or three days. So we'd, we'd play like through a group stage and got into the knockouts and ended up finishing, I think, a lot fifth. But yeah, absolutely incredible. So, uh, some of the, the, the countries that you, you might not expect to, to, to play Aussie rules and, and come up against. Um, so we were playing teams like Nauru and Fiji, uh, played like Canada. And, um, and yeah, I, one of my like fondest memories is like warm up for a game against Fiji and then and coming up against a hacker like for the for the game and it's like what what is this? It's bizarre. But um, but yeah, it, it was just it was just amazing. We got we got tickets to a few games, so we, we kind of went down as a club and, and went to the MCG and, and all that. So so yeah, and unfortunately it was it was supposed to be run again this year and it was going to be over in over in Brisbane. Um, with the with the grand final there played at the Gabba, but um, but yeah, unfortunately that's all, all been moved to next year now. Chance of you getting selected for that team? Uh, well, hopefully it's strong. So I, I was selected for the team to go over this year, and we've, we've been told that um, as long as all the lads that were selected this year keep fit and, and keep playing, then uh, we've got our places there. Yeah, nice. We're um we're currently in the process of trying to work out a way for us to get ourselves up there for a week to meet a lot of the people that we've spoken to. But when you come across, mate, either probably after the International Cup, come by Melbourne, mate. Come to Sandan, we'll uh throw a few beers on the house for you and you know, get you out there for a game or two for the boys and you know, have a good time oh, with you. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might get Peter to come across as well just to show our boys what a boat a boat rate champion looks like. Boat race, boat race champion. <laughs> I don't think we've lost a boat race in three years, apart from that one where I fell over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was bullshit, though. That what was like the drink uh, we lose. I went in the oh. game. You fell over. What do you want? Explain the story, hey. boys. Explain the story. <laughs> so we went out to Reading to play, um, and anyway, the boat race was happening, but because it's their family fun day or something out there. They've got a slip and slide. So what this boat race was, you start, everyone started at one end of the slip and slide. And instead of just standing there doing the boat race or whatever, you'd go down the slip and slide. It was probably 20 metres long or something. You'd go down it and then there'd be a table at the end with the beer on it. So you'd go down, finish your beer, and then the next person would go down the slip and slide. Anyway, we got off to a weak start. Um, we were a bit behind. And then the leg before me, we were caught up. And I was probably still, I don't know, a bit behind this guy. I had a good slide and I was... I probably caught, I don't know, five metres on him on the slide, but he'd already had the cup in the hand before I was up. And I was rushing to get up. And as I've rushed, rushed off the slip and slide to get up, I've grabbed the pint. Someone's put detergent everywhere. I've fallen over. Boat race over. I'm sure, Milo, I can send you the video. Oh, oh yeah. It, well, you can um, send you the link. It, it racked up quite a few views on, uh, on Mad Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. When you said it was... Oh, Was their family fun? I got a bit scared there. That uh, who knows where that's going to go? But <laughs> it might. Was it? Is it their family fun day, Milo? Is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of their equivalent to what I really see as well. Yeah, it's quite incredible, Rifty. How the boat race is just—it's a literally a staple of clubs all around the world of their culture, and yet over here, it'd probably be frowned upon if you were to do something like that. Would you? Would you, would you say? Oh. I could only imagine us trying to have a family fun day and then getting the guys to do a boat race. Mate, we'd bloody, yeah, we'd never hear oh. the end of it. Actually, no, I reckon we'd be good now. The amount of uh, people that are all about that stuff that are having babies and stuff like that. We'd be maybe now, but yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, ten years ago, mate, no chance in hell. No chance. <laughs> but um, anyway, so what number do you guys wear? Whatever jerseys uh, are not ripped and clean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I try and go for 15. I, I don't know why. It's, it's really uh, Halfback flank. He's got a little bit of a Luke Hodge about him in a Hawthorne jumper, you reckon, Riff, to look at him? Yeah, yeah. Off a halfback flank, uh, vice captain. Yeah. How's your driving skills? <laughs> uh, <laughs> non existent, so. Pretty <laughs> really good fit. Um, but who talking, did... so, sorry, it's an obscure reference. Even I was a bit like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, do you guys just follow the Hawks, uh, being the Hawks yourselves, or do you, have you uh, picked other AFL teams to follow? I follow the Lions, Brisbane Lions, growing up in Queensland, and they obviously won three comps in a row when I was like, I don't know, ten or something. So, 
that got me interested. Yeah, um, I was so when I, when I joined it when I joined in Manchester, it was uh, it was two Australian brothers, uh, Michael and Mark uh, Weiss. So shout out to those guys. But yeah, they, they were the ones that really took me under their under their wing when I joined, and they were both North Melbourne fans. So when he asked them um, what club should I, what club should we go for, they like yeah, North Melbourne, definitely the up and coming team. Get behind them. Yeah, I, I think a year into supporting them, I thought yeah, this is going to be a difficult. Uh, Difficult run. Well, that, I mean, that, they had a good win on the weekend. So. They did, yeah. So yeah, nothing to second hour. Yeah, could get a win this, this weekend as well. And what about uh, your favourite player of all time? Um, oh. Oh, go on, Pete. Let's start. I'm Michael Hunt. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that goal he kicked against Richmond, mate, it lives on the memory of everybody. It was a good goal, in all fairness. That was a good happened. goal. That was a good goal. And it was just so good. I'm pretty sure that, guy, that day Richmond were comfortable, cruising away, then Gold Coast, who were just absolute gut. It's a bit garbage back then. They're still, gar- yeah. oh, sorry, they're still garbage now. And Carmichael Hunt just kicks a goal and breaks their heart. God, it was nice to see. Old Carmichael. <laughs> uh, what about you, Miles? Uh, well, I guess just just speaking from experiences watching it over the last five or six years and being an off fan, uh, I like Ben Cunnington. He just seems like a guy that well, kind of lets his football do the talking, and off field just seems like uh, like doesn't get too hyped right, up in the media and just wants to go fishing and yeah. Just, uh, he's def- he's definitely a, a bloke's bloke, that's for sure, and he just yeah. goes out there, does his thing, and. Yeah, couldn't be stuffed with the the rest like of the Yeah, he'd be happy <laughs> he, out in his farm and he's something yeah. you may not he's something you might not know. Rifty Ben Cunnington's probably my favourite player from outside of Essendon. Oh, yeah. I love the way he goes about it. Yeah. No, he's uh classy, he's got, you know, hard at it and also I like, very, I like his, very, his attitude off the yeah. field. He's just whatever. Very underrated as well, which is probably why I've got a a like for the kid. Yeah. All right, well, now it's time for our favourite part. It's where we get you to throw some teammates under the bus. Um, so what's the first one, Eto? All right, so what we'll do, I'll get Miles' answer first and Peter's answer second, so we just go vice versa. Um, so who at the uh, Hawks would you say is the class clown? <laughs> class clown? <laughs> Not like we're going to have the same answer for this. Um, is there a guy called uh, William Smith. <laughs> um, so he's, he's actually only been with the club for about a year. But on his on his like first or second time coming down to the club, he self proclaimed himself that uh, everyone calls him Lee Dog, so he get he gets the name Lee Dog now, and um, yeah, just no no better tagline than Class Clowns is uh, yeah keeps all the boys smiling even through through lock through lockdown he's uh, he's always the one kind of chirping up in the group and, and he he had a series of videos of him doing a, a different dance. To a different requested song every night, so he's, he's, he's the guy, you know, exactly the guy you want to have around around the club, kind of keeping everyone smiling and and then, yeah, jumping around. But Peter, if you've got a different answer. yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Lee Dog. The fact that like on his second training, I'm like, oh, so do people call you Liam or Smithy? He's like, yeah, Liam. Some people call me Smithy, but most people just call me Lee Dog. And so then that's like, and he's a big unit too, so the name kind of suits. Um, but yeah. He's always chirping up. If you want a good follow on Instagram, give him a follow. There's some weird content, but it'll make you laugh. I'll tell you what, Rift. Must be a good bloke with nickname with dog in it. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, yeah well, you're right. talking to Et Dog over there. So. And you're talking to a bloke formerly known as Rick Dog. Yeah. Did you I... give yourself those nicknames? No, I, no. No, I copped Et Dog back when I was about 16, 17 playing cricket. I think I was 16. And absolutely hated it. Like to the point where I'm like, I just cracked the shits with it. And then probably about three years later, I accepted the fact that it ain't, it ain't leaving me and this is how I am. So, but um, he's, he's even got custom plates that are Ed So that's how much he's embraced that nickname. My, uh, my wife's got uh, plates, Mrs. Et, so she gets it. Uh, little, uh, by the time this episode comes out, my wife would have given birth to what people are calling a little Et dog. So it's definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely taken off. But um, So I'll get your answer. First, this one, Peter, the party animal. Well, I was thinking about this one, and I think I would have said Will Barbus, but he's technically 
he left at the end of last year and was due to come back, but because of all this COVID stuff, he hasn't come back. So I think the title's up for grabs at the moment. Um, there's definitely a few strong contenders out there. Um, I'd say the guy by the name of Hector has a strong chance, but he's a bit inconsistent. So I'm going to stick with Barbas. He's a defending champion, but like a couple of games into the year, it's anyone's. Uh, I don't, I don't know Milo. Probably, yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll probably a shout out to a, a lad that's recently left. Uh, I'll probably give it to to Ben Bevo. Oh, um, good one. Yeah, so it's, I don't know if it was just because he was he was on his way out and he, and he knew he was heading home, but had a, a few pretty strong Thursday club uh, appearances in his in his last few months. Um, <laughs> one that one that sticks in the memory um, uh, was was one where our 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 pubs got a dartboard, so um, we. we quite often find ourselves having a few drinks and, and playing a few games of darts. And we found ourselves, for some reason, trying to throw the darts from the other, other side of the room. And Bevo was up there, stood next to the dartboard with his arm on it, saying, right, boy, see, see if you can miss my arm. But, yeah, inevitably got one lodged, like, straight into his bicep. Oh. <laughs> so that, that, that hurts because I'm currently sitting underneath my dartboard. So just thinking, I'm looking at it going, <laughs> yeah, from the other side of the room, and that would fucking hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Bevo was also notorious on a Thursday club for having issues with the trains. He would always be due home at like 8.30 after training. But for some reason, the trains would be down and he wouldn't make it home till like 2 a.m. Like it, happened, it seemed to happen to him every Thursday. You'd see him like one pint into Thursday club out the front. Yeah, look, the Victoria line's not running. I think, I think I'm just going to have to stay here. I'll stay here when it's up and running. Um, maybe get an Uber later if I have to. Yeah, it's a damn public transport system. It's an absolute, yeah. it's a shocker. Happens to the best of us. Sometimes you know, your, your car might just not start or road works, that type of stuff. You know, it just happens, unfortunately. Or the amount of times it's the excuse, I'm getting a lift. It's like, oh, no, nah, Joshy was taken, didn't want to go. Joshy didn't want to go. Mind you, I'm the one <laughs> sitting at the table as he's sitting going, come on, let's go. I'm like, no, nah, mate, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. You're driving. I'm just playing here drinking piss. <laughs> we want the club to survive somehow. All right. So who's, who's the person that takes the game far too seriously? Uh, start on that one. Um, uh, I'll, I'm going to throw a shout out to our, our club club president. Um, <laughs> so David Smith, otherwise known as, as Big Shaw. So um, him and his girlfriend Sarah run the club and, and have done um, ever since I started anyway. And they, they do a sterling job every year of, uh, of keeping us afloat and, and keeping us all in check. So um, so yeah, Dave's not the most mobile on the field, but um, so I guess I'm more pointing at his kind of off-field uh, antics and um, yeah, keep keeping us all in line. But we, I guess in a club of like travelling Australians and stupid Brits like myself, we need someone to, to kind of pull the reins sometimes. So so yeah, give it to Dave. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree, Big Show. He takes it seriously, but... In a club where no one takes it seriously, you need that because otherwise, like, it'd be a schmozzle. But at the same time, that's the beauty of the club. Like, obviously, no one's over here trying to make it into the AFL or some people Some people at other clubs seem like they are. But no one at our club seems to take it too seriously, which makes it fun. Obviously, when the game's on, everyone's in it to win it. But as soon as the game's afterwards, it's all about the boat race and when we're going to the forge and um, who's doing the next torpedo and things like that rather than, like, right the important stuff. Focusing on, yeah. Yeah. And we probably have to... Uh, probably have to give credit to, to Sarah as well as uh, and Dave would agree that she actually runs the club from from um, from, from the backgrounds and uh, Dave's kind of I guess the, the, the puppet the puppet just, uh, <laughs> the <face of> it. <laughs> no, that's alright it's, it's great that you have uh, you know you need some good strong people behind the club to keep things in line like you said yeah, as much as it, it is fun and it's all about having fun and a good time you need some people that take it a little bit serious and keep everyone in line and keep it all organised. Um, but all right, who would be the one bloke you wouldn't want to room with on a footy trip away? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give two names. One's Lee Dog. <laughs> He's a, he can be a pretty intense character. Um, and then probably Michael Grubb. <laughs> Michael Grubb. Um, who'd I go for? Uh, I'd probably have to go with Dave again, just because I have shared a room with him before and uh, ended up uh, wrestling with him at like 2am and he's a big guy and uh, he ended up 
throw me out the room and, and lock me out. So I don't want to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. I wouldn't want that either. So um, you've mentioned Lee Dog and you mentioned like that last name of Grub. So I'm going to guess he must have a pretty good nickname. Who does have the best nickname at your club? Big shows. I like big shows. Lee Dog. I, it was actually a funny story, but. Um, at training just before lockdown and you get lots of new blokes turn up and these two new blokes were doing some drill there in front of me and they have turned do it one of them's turned to the other one and said how about some of the nicknames at this club you've got Lee Dog you've got Big Show like everyone seems to have some stupid nicknames but oh, just by the fact that it was self-proclaimed I'm going to have to give it to Lee Dog again uh, I'm, There's another fellow uh, Will Fisher and I'm not sure if he's again it's a dog because uh, I don't know where BDS came from. I don't know if you know PDS, but uh, I think that could have been another self-proclaimed nickname. Big dog. Yeah, fish. well, B- BD, he, he calls himself BDF, and BDF is either Big Daddy Fish or Big Dick Fish, depending on the context. <laughs> depending on how many beers in. And I can remember he, when he first joined the group chat, this guy BDF kept messaging, and I'm like, who the hell's BDF? Like, and I'm trying to think, is that Ben someone or like? <laughs> The big, big fish. Yeah, didn't, didn't reveal his, uh, his true identity until the day. <laughs> yeah, that's, I like it. So, it's probably not the greatest uh, question to go off after a nickname like that, but which two blokes are the biggest bromance? Uh, There's a few that. strong candidates. Yeah. Like, I, I'd probably go for, um, Probably more so during lock, lockdown. I, I think the, the bromances have started to, to reveal themselves. Probably a couple of lads because we're based in we're based in South London, and there are one or two two lads that live North London and, and might naturally go to a North London club, but still stay true to the Hawks. Um, so a couple we've, we've seen a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of them going out on runs together on Strava. Uh, so I'll probably go for Anthony Keep and uh, and Sam Wilde. Yeah, I'd say that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty strong bro- bromance. They formed the North London Alliance. Um, there's a, there's a, definitely been a few bromances broken up recently with people moving back to Australia, which is quite sad. Actually, one of them was um, keeping Will Barbus, but it looks like he's replaced Will Barbus with Sam Wilde, which is he's moved on awfully quick in my my mind. That it there. Yeah, no respect. I, I do feel sorry for the, the blokes of their bromance broken up. My uh, Petro life partner moved away to Darwin for about three years, and it was. Arguably the worst three years of my life. So I do understand the pain they feel. It was a struggle, but you got through all right. And uh, hopefully their, their partners come back to them at some stage. Um, but it's been great chatting to you guys. And where can everyone go to, to find out more about the Wimbledon Hawks and follow along with you guys? Um, obviously, you just search for us on socials, Facebook, um, Instagram contact us through that way we've got a website too which is quite inform- informative and well designed shout out to sarah for organizing oh that. yeah the website's had a revamp this year so it's got a, yeah. a lot about a lot about the club history and what we've been getting up to and yeah, so we'll be quite active on it you mentioned the website and i was actually going looking at that thing today or yesterday trying to look up stuff and that is a great <laughs> website so credit to you and my co-host would know how hard it is to make websites so credit to her for getting that up and going it's a a fantastic website with uh, plenty of stuff about history and all stuff women and so it's good to see and I'd say another 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 way to get in contact another way to get in contact with us is give Lee Dog a follow on Instagram I'll just get his handle up it's uh okay. Okay. It's while we're doing it I'm going to give this a like if I follow straight away it's just LN Smithy LM LN N Finelli N S Smithy L Aussie boy, Melbourne and London property dream maker. That is uh, him. Yep, followed by yep, Liam Smith, follow. <laughs> he will I'm, be stoked about that. I'm going to give it a follow from my personal account and from the club account. <sighs> He'll think just, he's trying to get recruited to go play AFL in Melbourne <laughs> or something now. <laughs> I requested him. Mate, he's traveling around. Can you, can you please send him a message and be like, hey, Liam, I hear you're moving back to Melbourne next year. We'd love it if you'd come join our club. We've got another number of contract offers available or something like that. Hey, Lee Dog. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it for the club, club account? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Try and recruit him. Give him some uh, ridiculous offer. Uh, hold on. So, well, uh, so give me a sec. I'm just going to get back to it. Um, Try and message him or not. Um, we, we heard great things about Lee Dog. We need another dog at the club. 
Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay. G'day, mates. Um, <laughs> we have heard some great things. All right, do you want to fill, fill some airtime, Rifty, while I do this? Um, all right. Jeez. Or just, or, or just let it blank. We just edit it out. <laughs> Pressure's on. We're, all, we're all, you know, going off, off a bit here, but... Um, Oh, so what would you like me to write to him? Uh, just be like, hey, Liam, um, heard lots of great things about you and your AFL ability. I hear you moving back to Melbourne soon. Um, I'd wonder if you're interested in coming to join Sandown to join our, whatever your top side's called. Um, we've got a number of player contracts which could be of interest and relocation packages, something like that. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Sounds well rehearsed. It's as if that's what we put out to people. <laughs> uh, you're either going to break his heart or make his day but. Uh, I think that, that'll confuse him and then he'll probably I don't know what he'll think hey? I'm just going to write I was going to say we've had some great recommendations from blogs within Wimbledon, within, within the Hawks organisation so that way at least he knows that it's coming from someone within there he's not just like who the is this creep? <laughs> this will be in our group chat within 10 minutes, I reckon, hey? I, I'm just going to say from some players across in London, so I'm not pinpointing you guys yeah. exactly. He'll think it's Keepy, I reckon. <laughs> Setting somebody else. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to be smart about this, Rift. I'm not going to mention about money. I'm just going to remember, we've heard so much about your ability, we want you to come to Sandown. Because technically we're not lying, because we'd love to have Lee Dog down at Sandown. So yeah, come down and have a beer. <laughs> yeah, so we, we want to have him down there and play, play some footy. And considering or, we don't have much money to offer anyone at this stage, or <laughs> can uh, we don't have the ability to pay anyone this year, as uh, the, the salary caps for our league have gone to zero. Just to really? Just, just, just offer him some airtime. Yeah, give him, give, make him a social media <laughs> convener or <All> something right. <laughs> like. All right, so I've written, good day, mate. We have heard some great things about your footy abilities. We hear you're moving back to Melbourne soon, and are wondering, wondering if you'd be interested in talking about coming down to to stand down to play for our club. We've had some great recommendations from some players across in London. And would love to have you down at the club. Looking forward to hearing back from you. Cheers. <laughs> That's so good. So he's, he's got a good personality. He's going to take this all right. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. There's a small part of him that will think he's like being recruited and be like, yeah, guys, when's training start? All right, there we go. Hold on. Hold on a second. There we go. That's black. Yeah, no, right, I know. I, I went two. There we go. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, sweet. I just thought I'd make, better make sure that's sent from the club account, not my personal account. That <laughs> yeah. uh, was a bit of fun, that one, for the end of, end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Ace, for joining us. Um, we'll, we'll let you know, or Ed Dog will let you know if, uh, how he goes with Lee Dog. If he, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear. I'm sure we'll hear. So, oh, he's on furlough at the moment. He'll be, I'd say he'd be just rising now. It's 8 a.m., so it's not early by any means, but. Nah, he, he hasn't been leading the busiest life at the moment. <laughs> nah, well, thank you guys for joining us. And before I get going, I just want to give a big shout out to, uh, to Jake or Burra, as Miles referred to him earlier. Probably, I'm going to go in a limb rift and say the Cobra Cast's biggest fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, by the time this one comes out, he probably would have been on our 50th episode with us and talking. Fingers crossed, hopefully. But um, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we'll send across a polo shirt or something to you guys. A bit of a mateship between the clubs and we'll chuck it on Lee Dog and see if, you know, see if it suits him for next season. Yeah, get him on early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've got one line now and we'll send one back. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah. Heaps, guys. Uh, yeah, cheers. Take care. Hopefully you get, get some games at the tail end of this year and, and good luck for that 30 year. Um, hopefully it all can happen at some point and you get your your third season going. Thanks, fellas. Good luck for your season too and Just hope the battles with the cricket club go well. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry before I go, and I will send, a, send you guys a screenshot in the little group chat we've got when Lee Dog messaged me back. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> but I, I, want to, I want to message back if he replies to the group chat first. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's, okay. Let's, see, let's see if it's, uh, oh, let's get back to the footy club or let's boast to the boys first. 
Yeah. <laughs> It'd be oh, both to the boys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, boys. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. All right. Yeah. See you, boys. See you, guys. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.